Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. We're going good. Good. Excellent. Very good. A special welcome to the Laurie family and all those who are here to celebrate with Danny as well. Uh, what, a, what a special uh, day it is today. We have 15 young people uh, being baptised across the day. We have uh, four at 11 and another 10 at 4 p.m. So feel completely invited to be a part of that uh, if you would like to uh, participate in some of our other services uh, across today as well. Well, in 2021 here at Clovey, we are focusing in on what matters most. What matters most? And last week, uh, we gave you a little card, and hopefully you received that. Uh, if not, you can grab one today uh, on the point, at the point on the way out. If you're online, you can go to clovey.com.au forward slash vision and download this little card. And this card essentially has some vision priorities on it, some things that as a church we've been discussing and talking about for some time, but we're actually putting some legs on this year and into the future. And last week, we looked at reach. What does it mean to be a church that introduces people to Jesus? And today, we're going to be looking at grow. What does it mean to be a person, a disciple, a follower of Jesus? And what does it mean for us as a church to go deeper with Jesus? I don't know if you've thought about this much in your life, but really, since the beginning of time, humans have been on a spiritual pursuit. They've been on this spiritual pursuit to understand more about why we've been created and indeed how do we engage and connect with our creator God. Now, there's a 19th century uh, French uh, philosopher and priest, Teilhard de Chardin, is known for this saying, which is, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience, but we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I wonder if you've thought about the spiritual dimension to your life and how to grow and cultivate your inner life and the spiritual part of who you are. You know, looking at things about how do you think and speak about God? Uh, how do we live with God in this world in which we live in? And how do we live for Him? in a world where some people acknowledge him, but many people don't. There's a spiritual part of our lives, which is so very important. Uh, Jeffrey Greenman puts it this way. He says, spiritual formation is our continuing response to the reality of God's grace, shaping us into the likeness of Jesus Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit in the community of faith and for the sake of the world. So if we're going to notice, if we're going to consider what does it mean to be spiritually formed, what does it mean to live a Christian life, what does it mean to follow Jesus and actually have the inner parts of our lives cultivated, then Greenman gives us some clues. He talks about it's being a part of responding to God's grace. So God's grace, his his mercy, his forgiveness, his compassion is all over our lives. We've been saved by grace. Those who follow Jesus, it's not through anything that we've done, but indeed it's through everything that he has done. And we're saved by his grace to be transformed. 
There's a transformation process that occurs. It's not anything we do. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It influences us to live the life that we have been created for. And being part of a community of faith is very important. It's not an individual pursuit. Actually, we are formed spiritually as we're together as the people of God. Because God is indeed community. We have a Trinitarian approach to God. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in community with God and with each other, we're formed in the spiritual parts of who we are. So that we can share our lives in the world in which we live in. And fulfill that commission that we spoke about last week about going into the world and making disciples. So I guess the question right off the bat to start with today is how would you describe your spiritual formation? What would be two or three words that maybe come to mind or in your heart about your spiritual formation? Because the reality is we all go through seasons, right? We all go through seasons. Just like we have here in Australia, we have four seasons uh, across the year. Believe it or not, we're in summer. This is summer. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt to church. I don't know. It's, I'm confused. Summer is meant to be long nights, enjoying the long days, doing all your favorite things, and just kind of enjoying it, right? The long nights and days of summer, being at the beach. For us uh, in Australia here, being on vacation, holidays, and enjoying all of that. It's hot normally. Usually it's hot. And then we go into autumn. The leaves start to, to fall and the seasons start to change. We get some beautiful colours. If you live in, here in Adelaide, you get to go up to Mount Lofty. If you've ever been up to Mount Lofty uh, in the Botanical Gardens area in May, oh my goodness, it is so beautiful because there's a changing of the seasons. And then we head into winter. Winter's cold, it's wet. I like light this weekend, just gone. And in wintertime, it's a great opportunity to plant things, isn't it? When you plant, a lot of rain, you do your planting, and then we get into spring, new life. Things are budding. Everyone loves it apart from those who have hay fever. And spring is a, is a wonderful time. See, there's these natural seasons and rhythms to our life. There's also seasons to our spiritual formation. Uh, you'll know through your own life and through your own experiences you can't always live in summer. You can't always live in these long nights and great days and being on holiday. It just doesn't work. You can't be up all the time. There's things that happen in our lives that shape us. Often, you know, it's darkest before the dawn. Often there's pain and suffering in our lives that shape us into a new season. I wonder, in 2021, as we look at what it means to grow, to go deeper with Jesus, I wonder what season you're in, honestly. What season do you find yourself in? Because the good news is it doesn't matter what season we are in, God is not done with us yet, amen? He's not done with us. He is not done with us yet. I love this new song that we're singing. We all have a story, we all have a testimony. And you might think, oh, God's done with me, or I've done something that couldn't bring me back to Him, or, you know, I just don't feel like I have the energy to push into what's ahead. Well, basically, the song's kind of main thesis is if you've got a heartbeat, God's still got plans for you. He's still got something for you. And by His grace, He invites you in so that you can be transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit and the community of faith for the sake of the world. 
God's not done with us yet. That is very, very good news. And Greenman goes on to say this. He says, spiritual formation is an ongoing process for Christians. It's not a program. It's not a project or a course that's completed in a few weeks, but rather a lifelong journey of transformation. If you've been following Jesus for decades, you'd know this is true. It's an ongoing journey. We've got to stay with God in what he's doing in our lives. You know, according to the Oxford Dictionary, transformation is defined as making a change in your form. So changing from one thing to another. A beautiful example of this is a caterpillar into a butterfly. And this process is called metamorphosis. It's where we get the Greek word metamorphu, which actually means to be transformed. Now, the Georges gave the Stevens some caterpillars last year. It was a great little ISO project while we were at home. And I learned a few things about caterpillars. One is that they eat a lot and they poo a lot. <laughs> Legit. Like, they just eat and they poop. That's pretty much what they do for like a good kind of month, you know, at least. And as they're going through this process, they're just getting nice and fat. And then they go, and then they actually begin the, the chrysalis process there. And it takes a while. And for us in this modern age where we want everything instantly, you could watch this on YouTube and you could probably enjoy it in about five minutes. But I tell you, over a couple of months to see this process happen, and then at the end, to see a little butterfly just flying around in your house and the kids getting all excited, like, yes, it's finally happened. And then you kind of got to catch the butterfly and somehow release it out of your house. It was beautiful, amazing example of transformation over time. You know, Paul says this to us as followers of Jesus about becoming more like him, about being transformed. Romans 8, he says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And to the Corinthians, he said, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And to the church in Philippi, he says, I want to know Christ. How good is this, the passion of Paul? I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him, becoming like Jesus in his death and somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That's what Danny's done today. He said, I want to know him. And God bless you as you follow him, Danny. I want to know him. I want to know his life. And I want to become like him. See, we're called to become more like Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we're called to become more like Jesus, to grow like him, to grow like him as we go deeper with him. And this is the ongoing process of transformation that it is for a person of faith. It's what it is. For those of us who are Christians, for those of us who follow Jesus, this is the process of transformation. So it begs the question, in this last season, how have you become more like Jesus? When you look at the person that we read 
in the Gospels, Jesus Christ. How have you become more like Jesus? This is a question that is so worthy of your time. It is so worthy of your attention. It is so much more important for you to go away and process this question on a long walk or some time by yourself or in a cafe with a trusted friend or your partner and actually to ask this question honestly. How are you growing more like Jesus? Because this is the process that God has for us as we grow, as we become in a deeper relationship with him. And this process of transformation, it occurs by God's initiation. It's by his grace. And we are cultivated as we respond and we participate with God. And over time, there's been a number of different practices, individual practices and corporate practices in the life of the church that have helped people come and come to know God in greater measure. This is what Greenman says. He goes on to say, spiritual formation involves both personal spiritual disciplines such as prayer, confession, fasting, biblical meditation, as well as corporate participation in the congregation's shared life of worship, fellowship, and teaching. You know, as we look over uh, the history of Christianity, we see God's people engaging both in individual and corporate practices to become more like Jesus. We saw it in the early church in Acts 2. Uh, we saw what the early church participated in. It says in Acts 2, 42, here it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe with many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And it goes on to say, and the Lord added to their number daily. You see, the early church had rhythms. They had practices. Uh, they spent some time in the presence of the apostles and their teaching. They spent time uh, breaking bread in communion. They spent time uh, sharing their faith in the temple courts. They spent some time selling their property and giving to anyone who was in need. You see, there's these practices that were cultivated over time. And last week, we spoke a little bit about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I don't know if you went away and did some research on that, or if you weren't with us last week, I'd encourage you to uh, watch uh, the service from last week. And we spoke about how Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a man who had a lived faith, a very intelligent man, a German theologian, and pastor, uh, an activist for world peace, and he had uh, a love for life. He was really curious about learning, but he didn't just keep his ideas about God in his head. He had a real conviction that he needs to live his faith. It needed to be a lived faith. Faith needed to be outworked in his life. Ultimately, that's what uh, was the, the reason for his um, being martyred at the end of the day. But what you might know about Bonhoeffer is that he actually spent time in community cultivating practices. He had a rhythm to his life. He had a rhythm to his life where he was engaged in Bible reading, where he was engaged in corporate worship. When he was a seminary professor and he was training up particularly young men in becoming ministers, 
they would have a worship service in the morning and in the evening. They would spend time intentionally confessing their sin to one another and praying for each other, as it tells us to in James. And Bonhoeffer was part of this. He didn't set up a nice little program for you know, young uh, budding ministers to participate in. He was part of this program. He had these shaped, he was shaped by these practices that he participated in over a long period of time. Now, when he was pastoring in London, he was known for serving the poor. That was part of what he did and part of the memory of the people whom he ministered to there. They were like, yeah, Bonhoeffer pastored two churches and he was very involved in serving the poor and the marginalised in London at the time. See, Bonhoeffer had this rhythm. He had these practices, individual and corporate, that enabled him to become more like Jesus. And that's really the goal for us here at Clovey with our values. You can see our values on the wall or if you're online coming onto the screen now. And these values are practices for us essentially that we believe that if we live these out, if we, if we participate individually and corporately in this way, we're going to grow. We're going to focus on what matters most and we're going to grow and go deeper with Jesus. So, so when we think about experiencing God, you know, being in our weekly corporate gatherings is so very important. Being together as God's people is so very important. The fact that we would pray in small and in large groups, uh, that we'd have, uh, regular, um, pre- would have regular church-wide Bible readings. You know, we put out Bible plans and we ask you to participate in them. Why? Not because we want you to do more things, because we want you to become more like Jesus. And here's an opportunity for you to have a rhythm of being regular in the Word that would actually be beneficial for your spiritual formation. We have our annual prayer and fasting. It starts tomorrow. It's normally for two weeks. And if you remember, we had a series in Daniel last year and Daniel went for three weeks and he didn't even shower. I said the showering bit's up to you. Well, and the people you live with probably. Well, we said, let's do it. Let's go for three weeks. Let's seek the Lord. As we start on the, really, we're at the beginning of an adventure of faith. As we look at what matters most, the God-sized dream into 2030, exploring these vision priorities, I think the best thing that we can do is come before the Lord and pray and fast. Seek Him. Seek Him like never before. So I encourage you, please participate in this. Please sit before the Lord this afternoon and say, Lord, what am I going to be fasting with you uh, in these next three weeks so that I can have more time to pray and to be in your presence and to, for you to speak to me? What is it that you want to do in me? What is it that you want to do for our faith community as I come and bring myself before you? You might not know this, but we have regular church-wide prayer and worship nights. We're going to have more of those in 2021. We want you to be a part of that. We have online worship playlists uh, that you can just download on Spotify. And you can just listen to worship music and sit and soak as you drive around. You know, we have counseling available for those that are going through a tough time. And we put some money aside to help those either going through relational or mental uh, stress and health issues, particularly through these COVID times. And we would love to subsidize or to pay for your counseling. And we even have spiritual direction. 
We have people in the life of the church that would love to sit with you. If you're just needing someone to say, where is God in your life? That is all available as we are a people who want to experience God. We want to experience God. We want to grow with Him. We want our faith to be red hot. We want it to be the thing that guides us so that when He speaks to us, we have the courage to say yes. So very important. And then we have creating community. Creating community. We really believe here that, you know, being in the weekly gathering is great, but it can't be our only touch point to the life of the church. We need to be in environments where we know people and where we're known. We need to be in environments where we're in encountable relationships. It's so easy to go through life now and put a facade of who we think people want us to be, but not be known or not be in accountable relationships not have someone say, hey, I don't know if that's good for you. Because these days people want to say, well, that might be not good for you, but it's fine for me. Truth's becoming relative. Is it really? I don't think so. We need friends and we need traveling partners in smaller groups so that we can be in good, healthy relationships and become more like Jesus. If we're not in these healthy, smaller, accountable relationships, we're not we might not be becoming more like Jesus. We might come to church. It might be part of our diary and our rhythm, but we might not be becoming more like Jesus because we haven't given others permission to speak into our life in that way. So that's why we say life groups are so very, very important here at Clovey. They're a place to belong and they're a place to flourish. If you need to belong and flourish, I think we all do, then I encourage you, please, if you're not in a life group, or you might just be in one that's not working. That's okay. It's all right to move things around and shift things up. We do it all the time in other things in life. It's okay to do it in life group as well. Life groups are really important. Or I think I'm emphasizing that enough. As is making contribution through serving. You know, if you serve in the life of the church and the only time we see you is when you serve, that's not enough. It's not good enough in, the term, in terms of you becoming more like Jesus. It just doesn't work. We, we don't want that. I don't want you to only come to church if you're serving. I want you to be in community. That's what I want. And I think being known and knowing others in deep, accountable relationships is more important than doing a job, if I can just be brutally honest with you. So please consider how you bring a contribution after you are in a deep community of relationship. And then we reach beyond. We know that God doesn't simply deposit into us so we can become more like him for us. He has a mission for us. As Greenman said, for the sake of the world. For the sake of the world. We get an opportunity to share our faith. We get to share Jesus. The courage that Danny spoke about is the courage that I need. I'm sure it's the courage that you need because God's not done with us yet. We never arrive we constantly need God to work in and through us for us to become more like him. And we really believe if we live out these values, experiencing God, creating community and reaching beyond, then we will position ourselves before God in such a way to focus on what matters most, to participate in his ways, to go deeper with him, which is a really exciting thing. It's a really exciting thing to live in this way so that we can have an impact on the world. And I believe that as we do this, church, that God's going to develop a strength and a maturity in us, Clovey, 
a strength and a maturity as we participate with him into the future. And we're going to see many, many more people baptized like we are today, which is really exciting. We're going to see a rise in our life group engagement across the life of the church. Uh, We're going to see a strong serving culture where people make a contribution by using their gifts and their their giftings and their abilities. But there's some challenges that I see in this as well, particularly in the Western culture. I see some challenges around how we are spiritually formed. I think one of the big challenges for us is that we can be a little bit outcome-driven. See, God wants to cultivate and develop these practices in us. He wants us to have a rhythm to our life, but he's not necessarily wanting us just to go, yep, tick the box, you know, do this, or you know it's the right thing to do, so you do it. But instead, he wants to actually develop this intimacy and this depth in us. And sometimes, you know, that can be a challenge for us. I think another big challenge for us is individualism. See, individualism kind of pushes right back against us being part of a community of faith. And we live in a very individualistic life. You know, I think in many ways, you know, there'd be a number of us that would be comfortable if our faith was just privatised. And we said, well, this is for me, it's not a public thing. But that's not actually the way it works in Christianity. We exist in the community of faith. And individualism is a real challenge when it comes to being spiritually formed as is, I think, spiritual apathy. I think there's a real spiritual apathy in the West. And it kind of floats sort of two ways. Like there's this kind of apathy of, I've tried to engage with God and I don't know what to do. All the way through to being kind of middle to upper class. I'm self-sufficient, thanks very much. If I get myself into trouble, I've got multiple ways of getting out. And there's a spiritual apathy that I think can be part of our spiritual formation, which, which is a challenge. When, when it comes to us bringing ourselves before Jesus and saying, Jesus, I want to grow with you. I want to go deeper with you. I wonder what your greatest challenge is in terms of growing with Jesus, going deeper with him. I wonder what it is for you. If you were to be honest and say, this is the season I'm in. Yeah, this is my greatest challenge. This is something that maybe has been with me for a while. Could have been years or maybe decades. What is the greatest challenge for you to give all of yourself over to the Lord and be spiritually formed in such a way where you're growing and going deeper with him? Because this is what Jesus would say in response to all the challenges that we face, and we all have them. This is what Jesus would say. He'd say this from John 15. He'd say, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, Jesus' encouragement to us today would be to go deeper with him in such a way that we remain in him, we abide in him, so that we bear the fruit he has for our lives. And we're invited into this deep, life-giving, connected relationship with him. And it's not about doing the right things. Uh, It's not about trying to work our way to it. No, it's about having a rhythm of life 
that would work us towards the things that he has for us, to stay connected to him. You know, we all have rhythms in life, don't we? we you'd have a rhythm about how you sort of get up in the morning, when you brush your teeth, how you put your clothes on, how you dry yourself, what you know, breakfast that you have, how you work your, drive your way to work. You know, we have rhythms, we have sort of practices, we have things that are sort of you know, part of who we are. Some of them are good and helpful, some of them probably a bit quirky, you know, but they're the things that shape us and form us. And I think there's probably a challenge in here for us of what are the rhythms that we have that are actually helping us become more like Jesus? Because we're always going to have challenge. But what are the rhythms that are helping us become more like Jesus? The things that maybe we don't even know we do, but they're really helpful in us becoming more like Jesus. There's a man by the name of St. Benedict. He was around in the 6th century. He was educated in Rome, and he had everything in front of him. He had a lot of opportunity to pretty much do anything he really wanted in Rome. But yet he had this pull on his life to become more like Jesus. And he actually resisted and moved away from the vices of Rome and power and prestige at that time. And as was a little bit what happened in the 3rd and the 4th and the 5th century, he actually went to the hills and he lived in a monastic life. So he moved, literally withdrew and, and he went into this monastic way of living. And he developed this thing called a rule of life. You might have heard of it. And this idea of a rule for life is simply spiritual rhythms to live by. What are the spiritual rhythms that give life? What are the spiritual rhythms that could become habits that actually help us become more like Jesus? And I think today's challenge for us is actually a really kind of really simple challenge in a way, but a deeply life-changing challenge because we talk about not having massive swings, you know, the, the New Year's resolution, you know, lasts for you know, a couple of weeks and then it's gone. But what are the marginal gains? So if I was to ask you, what are the rhythms in your life that help you become more like Jesus? Could you tell me? Have you thought about this? It's a really good thing to consider. I've been doing a lot of thinking around these rhythms lately uh, for myself, and I put together this little uh, rule of life or little rhythms, and I want to share some of it with you. Some of it's just special between me and the Lord, but some of it I wanted to share with you. And and I've kind of done mine around the image of a stool, because a stool's got four legs, right? And we need to be in balance in a way. And, you know, I've got these four kind of pillars for my rhythm of life to uh, be in some ways balanced, to be moving forward, knowing Jesus more and more. And the first one's around intimacy with God. I just have some rhythms uh, around being in the Word in the morning, being in prayer in the morning and at night that are helpful, that are life-giving, that are really, really significant. And the second uh, leg of the stool for me is around community with others. I really believe that I need to be in community with others. So for me, that's around participation in life group. Uh, I've got a couple of other little groups that I'm in that help, give lo- that help give life to me, that put me in an accountable relationships. Really important that we're in community with others. The third leg of the stool for me is I call it life-giving activities. What are the things that give life? So I'm a bit of a nature guy. So for me, that's exercise being outside in nature. Uh, For me, that's being with my family. 
It's making sure that I attend to them. Uh, for, for me, it's, um, it, it's important things uh, around, you know, how am I actually formed? So that means having a day off, of, having a Sabbath, really important. Life-giving activities. And then fourthly, intentional missional impact. Both for me personally and for what we're a part of here at church. How do we participate in the ways and things of God? And I've just got some, some little thoughts around that and some sayings that I come back to in myself. And, you know, I think about the stool. It needs to be in balance. Intimacy with God. Community with others. Life-giving activities and intentional missional impact. And there's just some rhythms. And I come back to it. And I've asked some other people to talk to me about that. I wonder what it would be like for you to go away from here today and to go, what are some rhythms that actually are helping me become more like Jesus? To talk to those in your life and in your world who are closest to you so that you can actually walk this through. Because in some ways, being spiritually formed, going, growing and, and going deeper with Jesus, attending to what matters most, in some way, it ends up being a deeply practical conversation. But it comes from an extremely spiritual place. And my prayer for us is that we wouldn't be caught up in the distraction. We would embrace the challenge and we would make some small decisions that would make a great impact over time. So as we begin this year, how is it that God is encouraging you to be spiritually formed, to go deeper with Him? I just want to give you a moment to do that now. Just come before the Lord. Come before Him and say, Lord, how are you asking me to go deeper with you this year? Might start by being honest about what season you're in. He knows. Respond to His grace and His loving embrace. What rhythms give life? What rhythms help you become more like Jesus? Ask Him now. We love you, Lord. And Lord, our heart and our desire is to know you more and to go deeper with you, to be a people of God who grow, who grow with you and into all the things that you have for our lives. So we bring ourselves to you and we ask, Lord, that you will continue to shape us and mould us. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, for these life-giving rhythms that you are speaking into people's hearts and into their minds now, Lord, that you'll bed them in nice and deep, that you'll give courage, Lord, for conversation outside of our gathering today so that, Lord, we'll attend to what matters most. We'll attend to what matters most. 
as we close today, I'd like us to read a prayer of St. Benedict together. So would you stand with me? Let's read this prayer together. Gracious and holy Father, give us wisdom to perceive you, intelligence to understand you, diligence to see you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate on you, a life to proclaim you through the power of the Spirit of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Go in God's peace and His peace.